Good morning and a very warm welcome to our phone service and podcast for today, Sunday the 30th of April. And the recording comes live from Drung last week, where we had a one-off looking at partnership in the gospel. I'll hand you over to that service now. Uh, good morning, a very warm welcome to Drung Church this morning for our service of morning prayer. It's great to be with you. Um, a spe- special welcome to Max and Lauren and Abel and Jesse and Lois. It's great to have you with us. They've just moved to Ireland, uh, so welcome to you. It's uh, fantastic to have you here this morning. Uh, welcome to everyone here. Um, someone who's not here this morning that was meant to be is a man called Richard Barmer, uh, who is from Crosslinks, and he was down to be our visiting speaker today. Um, but sadly, he phoned me on Friday night uh, to tell me he had chicken pox. <laughs> so, poor man, he can't come. He, he probably would have come if his wife wasn't a GP, but she's uh, told him that the rash on his chest is, um, is chicken pox. So he's not here. So you are stuck with me this morning and uh, underprepared. But uh, we will praise God and give him glory, as we're going to do in our opening hymn, To God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave his son. Let's uh, remain standing um, and sing together, To God be the glory.
Please do be seated. And if you'd like to take this service sheet or a church Bible, we're in Philippians chapter 1. This is the passage Richard was going to speak on this morning. And uh, it's a book full of joy, this letter of Philippians. Joy that comes from knowing Jesus Christ. And children, I'd like you to listen out for how many times you hear the name Christ in this reading. So Philippians 1, and children, you're listening out for how many times you hear the name Christ. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defence and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, how many times did you hear the name Christ in that reading? How many was it? Yep. Six? Seven? Seven? Any others? Seven? I think it was seven times we heard the name Christ in that reading. I think there were six times Jesus, but there was an extra Christ uh, in there. And I think this is a wonderful introduction to a letter from Paul, writing from prison, and his love for the church, his love for those that he'd longed to be with, He yearns for them with the affection of Christ Jesus. And you see how he prays for them in verses 9 to 11. He prays that they may love one another more, that love may abound more and more, that they may love God more. And I'm very challenged as we read that. Uh, The Apostle Paul wasn't perfect, but this is a challenging letter to see how he loves and prays for the people of God. And if you're anything like me, you'll realise you fall short as we read how he prayed for people and how he loved them. And we're going to come and say sorry to God for the times we've not loved him and our neighbour as we should. It's on page one of the blue service card. We're going to join together in the words of this confession. Together we pray. Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, By what we have done and by what we have failed to do, we are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. In that letter, Paul also wrote that they were partakers or partners, sharers with him of grace. And because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, I can pray with confidence. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, 
Confirm and strengthen us in all goodness and keep us in eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, if you're able, please do stand uh, to join in the words at the bottom of page two. O Lord, open our lips. O God, make speed to save us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. We're going to praise his name in our all-age song, Father, your King in heaven. And uh, just as Paul prays, he recognises he can't do things on his own. He needs to pray. He can't make the church more loving. He needs to pray that they would be more loving. And this song recognises we need God's help. Sometimes I forget I, can't, I can, can't do things on my own. Help me now to pray and trust you alone. Dorothy's going to help us sing this. Uh, so we're going to stand and sing, Father, your King in heaven. and we're going to do that we're going to turn to God in prayer and we're going to begin with the Lord's Prayer in its traditional form on page uh, four of the service card so together we pray our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We continue in prayer. Our hearts are glad this morning, our Father, as we greet this new Lord's Day. All that is within us rejoices and praises you. May our lives rise from their prisons of death 
into beauty and blessedness. We thank you for all that the resurrection of Jesus means to us, that he could not be held by death, that he lives now to intercede for us in heaven and also to be our friend and companion in this world. May the gifts of his grace be poured out upon us. May the Holy Spirit fill our hearts and enrich our lives. We now give ourselves to you for this day. We desire to make it a day unstained by sinful thought or word, a day for receiving new measures of the Holy Spirit, a day for coming very close to Jesus, a day for giving out blessings to others. Please forgive us our sins and cleanse and purify our lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the work of Crosslinks in taking your word to your world. Thank you for all those who've heard about Jesus through the work of Crosslinks over the last 100 years. We thank you for our own partnership with Gerald and Louise Mwangi and ask that you'll continue to meet all of their needs. Thank you for the huge number of young people who go to church in Kenya and we pray for wisdom for Gerald as he plans to train youth workers. We pray that many would want to do the training and that as a result many would be strengthened in their walk with you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Sovereign Lord, we continue to pray for the country of Ukraine and we pray for peace in that land. We also pray for peace in Sudan. We pray that in Ukraine you would give uh, victory to Ukraine and drive Putin out of that land. We pray for Vika, who's been staying in Ballyhays until this week as she returns to Kiev this week. Help her, give her grace for all that she'll find there. Pray that there may be friends for her to reconnect with and you'd help her to rebuild her life there. Please uh, look after her and please would many come to know you in this difficult time. Please would your church in Ukraine be strengthened. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your sovereign power over all things, over sickness, over broken legs, over even death. Thank you for the certain hope for those trusting in you of physical wholeness and resurrection on the day of Christ. Please help us as we wait for that day and we struggle with different health issues. Please give us patience and a right longing for the day of Christ. We pray you'd bring healing of body and mind to those known to us who are suffering. And today we remember Leon Briardy, Olive Simmons, Lucy Roberts, David Riley, Maria Turman, Sally Robbins, Marianne Gray, William Jones, and Robert Sturgeon. We pray in your mercy he'd be able to get a bed in Dublin soon and have his kidney stones treated and uh, that you would free him from all pain. We also remember those grieving and pray for the family and friends of Sadie Spears, of Nathaniel George Stevens, and of Mabel Gillanders. In a moment of quiet, any others we know suffering or grieving at this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus, to die for us and to rise again. His cross declares your love to be without limit. His resurrection declares that death, our last enemy, is overthrown. By his victory, we are assured of the promise that you never leave nor forsake your people. Please comfort those who are grieving at this time. Please enable them to find in you their refuge and strength. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And the collective special prayer for this Sunday. 
Almighty Father, who in your great mercy gladdened the disciples with the sight of the risen Lord, give us such knowledge of his presence with us that we may be strengthened and sustained by his risen life and serve you continually in righteousness and truth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We close our prayers by joining together in the fourth collect for morning prayer. It's at the bottom of page five of the service card. Beginning Heavenly Father, together we pray. Heavenly Father, in whom we live and move and have our being, we humbly pray that your Holy Spirit may so guide and govern us that in all the cares and occupations of our daily life we may never forget your presence but may remember that we are always walking in your sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And at this point in the service our plan had been to interview Richard Barmer but uh, that won't work quite so well when he's um, not here. So instead we're going to read um, Acts chapter 16 which is where we hear how this church in Philippi began, how they started. Um, and it's not printed on the sheet but you can find it in the church Bibles. Acts chapter 16. Um, it's on page 924, 925 sorry. And I'm going to read Acts 16 and verses 11 to 15 and then carry on at verse 25. So this is how this church in uh, Philippi began. Acts 16 verse 11. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace and the following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days and on the Sabbath day we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer and we sat down and spoke to the women who'd come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul and after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us saying, if you've judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Then in verses 16 to 24, we hear uh, that Paul meets a girl who had a spirit of divination and she kept crying out, these men are, are servants of, of the Most High. Uh, and they rebuked her, rebuked this spirit of divination and it was driven out of her so that her owners were then um, upset because they lost their money making and they got Paul and Silas beaten, flogged and their feet put in stocks and uh, they were inflicted with many blows and put in prison. And then we carry on the reading at verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Don't, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we're going to think a bit more about uh, that letter to the Philippians in a moment. But before then, we're going to stand and affirm our faith. And then we're going to remain standing and sing Holy Spirit, living breath of God, asking God to speak to us through his word. So let's first stand and affirm our faith on page three of the service card in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Together we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Well, let's remain standing to sing together.
us on the road of sacrifice that in unity the face of Christ may be clear for all the world to see. Please do be seated. And if you'd like to have that passage from Philippians open there in front of you, um, let's pray for God's help as we look at his word together. Holy Spirit, we pray you would be our teacher today, that you would open our eyes to see wonderful things in your word and cause us to delight in partnering together in the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, Richard was uh, due to be speaking on this passage today, um, but uh, he is unwell with chickenpox, and so uh, I am going to uh, attempt to do that, but uh, not as prepared as I might like to be. I have noticed, though, that the grass is growing. Uh, Maybe you've noticed that as well. And uh, I wonder, when, when will you do your first cut? When will you get your first cut of silage done? Uh, it must be maybe May time you do that. Uh, so we're getting near there. And when, when that happens, one thing I notice as, a, as a, a, an onlooker is that everyone just throws themselves in. It seems that there's no complaints. It seems the whole family get involved. Maybe if I listen closer, there may be some, some grumbling. But it seems there's this, this sense of we're working at this together. We've got to get it done. Ideally, when the weather is good, we want to get it done when the weather is good. And there's a, it's just got to get done. I read this week this quote from someone uh, famous. I can't remember who it is, but it says, If you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to collect wood and don't assign them tasks and work but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. You get the idea? You you don't tell people to do a a menial task, cutting wood, but teach them actually to long for the sea. And as they long for the sea, they'll want to make the boat. And I imagine there's something similar with the silage. You you long to get it all gathered in. You, You partner at it together. Well, Paul, in this letter to the Philippians, is so thankful for the partnership of these Philippian Christians. What is it that would make someone like Lydia give up their home and possessions to share them with a complete stranger or strangers? She invited more than one of them into her home. Well, what was it that caused her to do that? It was the gospel. And Paul is so thankful for people who've partnered with him. Do you see he begins with thankfulness here in verse 3? And in verse 5, we see what it is that's making him so thankful. It's their partnership in the gospel from the first day until now from the very beginning from the moment they became Christians until now they've partnered with him in the gospel what was it that motivated them to do this well it was something greater than the endless immensity of the sea something greater even than getting the silage cut and gathered in what was it that motivated them it was knowing God knowing God The gospel allows us to know the one that made us. The gospel allows us to know that he's with us, whatever we're facing. The gospel, as we've just remembered at Easter time, of Jesus' death and resurrection, so we can be forgiven and be friends with God, have his Holy Spirit living within us. And from the moment these Philippians heard this, well, they partnered with the Apostle Paul. Uh, think of Lydia that we read about in Acts 16. This wealthy woman, we, we know she was wealthy because she dealt in purple cloth, which in the first century was a very expensive 
material. Uh, they used to get the, the dye, I think, from crushed beetles or something like that. Uh, so it was, it was a, only the, the rich and the wealthy that could afford these different colored cloths. And maybe she knew there was something missing in her life. She used to gather together with other women to pray. But when Paul preached, the Lord opened her heart and she came to know the Lord Jesus. And as her heart was opened, so her home was opened. She shared her home and her wealth. She was captivated by a better vision and she became a partner in the gospel. And partnership is a, a business term. Imagine two men that, that in the first century, they, they, Reuben and Levi, and they, they sell, they, they get their savings together and they buy a boat and they say, we're going to set up a fishing business together. And from morning, uh, early morning, they go out and they... they collect their fish, catch their fish, they bring them in, they sell them, they split the profits down the middle. They're partners together in this uh, fishing business. And Paul is so thankful for these Philippian Christians and their partnership in the gospel. It's a big theme in this letter. It comes up six times, the word partnership. Even in these first verses, it comes up twice. There in verse 5, he's thankful for their partnership. And in verse 7, he uses the word partner, but it's translated here as partaker with me of grace. Because they've shared in God's grace, they're partners in the gospel. Partners together. Like a sports team uh, working together. Cavan worked well together yesterday, but not quite well enough to beat Armar. Uh, but they, they, they partnered together. Or, or imagine in Ukraine, how they're partnering together to try and drive out Putin from Ukraine. For Paul and the Philippians, what was their goal? It wasn't scoring more goals than the other team, but their goal was the spread of the gospel across Europe. And so Lydia, she says, use my home as a base. Maybe the church met in her home if she was a wealthy woman. And then there was the jailer, the Philippian jailer, who, uh, remember, he was about to take his own life because he thought all the prisoners had escaped, but when he heard that they hadn't, they'd stayed, he asked Paul uh, what he must do to be saved. And Paul had said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And what happened when he believed? Well, his life was changed and he began to partner in the gospel. From that moment on, from the very first moment, he started to wash the wounds of the Apostle Paul. I don't think there was any other jailer that would have done that. The jailers inflicted the wounds. They didn't necessarily uh, tidy them up afterwards. He washed the wounds. He provided food because Paul, now the prisoner, was his brother in Christ. They're partners in the gospel. And then he brought his whole family to hear the message. And his whole family became followers of Jesus and were baptized as well. And even after Paul left this church in Philippi, uh, they sent money to support him. You'll see that towards the end of the letter in chapter 4 and verse 15 and 16. They partnered with him in sending money to support Paul in his mission work. What might it look like for us today? It's very different now, isn't it? There are churches across Ireland, across Europe, across the world. But there's still a lot of work to be done, isn't there? Because not everyone knows Jesus. Not everyone has the joy of knowing God, knowing that God's with them, whatever they're facing. Knowing the joy of sins forgiven. Some churches, sadly, have wandered away from the truth. What might it look like for us to be caught by a vision of helping others to know God? 
uh, at a local level, there's all sorts of things that we need to do simply just to keep the church open, aren't there? The maintenance, the, the heating, the cleaning, uh, serving on vestries, welcoming people. We have treasurers and secretaries. We need to give to support the work here. All those things important. Sunday school going on at the moment across the road. Organists, people to lead, BB and GFS and Teens for Christ. People to read lessons. It's so helpful to have people uh, reading the lessons or reading the prayers. Uh, and maybe you'd like to do that and, and, uh, and to be involved in that way. And maybe you think, no, I couldn't, I couldn't get up there and say anything in front of everyone else. But I could put together a rotor and I could ask other people to do that. Uh, we, we could partner together in that way. Inviting people, maybe people who have stopped coming to church, to say, why not come again? to invite people to Holiday Club or to, to join us at Holiday Club in August for the children, to invite people to Tots and Toys to come to Intents or invite people to that. But beyond the local uh, church, there's also the worldwide church and the partnering with persecuted Christians. Do you see how Paul is in, in prison as he's writing this letter and he's thankful that they've stuck with him while he's in prison, we're told in verse 7, uh, it is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. It's why we did things like the Church in Chains Lent project and why it's right to pray for and give and support those who are persecuted for their faith. The Apostle Paul's in prison and they support him and help him. They're not ashamed of him while he's in prison for, for the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're also involved in defending the gospel, defending it from error, and promoting it there in verse 7, helping others to know it, confirmation of the gospel. Why is that? Why did they bother? It sounds like hard work, doesn't it? Why would you bother doing all of that? Well, only because they're partakers with him of grace. They're partners in grace. They've received the Lord's mercy. They've had their sins forgiven They've received the Holy Spirit. They've trusted in Jesus. And so they're partakers in grace and they're partners in the gospel. What might it look like for us as a group of churches to partner together in this way? Sometimes, and maybe I'm mistaken, but sometimes it feels like even within our group of churches, we're in competition rather than partners together, working together in, for the same goal. Sometimes it can feel like that. And next Sunday is a united service. Now, it happens to be here in Drum, so you don't have to travel anywhere else. But when a united service is somewhere else, why not go along, join in, partner together in that way? Globally, with the worldwide church, by supporting Crosslinks, supporting and praying for Gerald and Louise Mwangi in Kenya, praying for them, giving to them. You see, in the church, there's no bystanders. It's not like handball where you just play 1v1. It's more like football, isn't it? We've all got a part to play, uh, whether it's through uh, praying or giving or, or reading or uh, leading or speaking. Each of us have a different role to play within the local church. But this Philippian church, as great as they were, they weren't perfect. If you were to read on to chapter 4, you'd see that there's two women who've fallen out, Yodia uh, and Syntyche, and Paul has to command them to agree with one another, to, to let go of the grudges, 
to forgive one another so that they can move on, that they wouldn't be hindered. And, and even though they're not perfect, Paul knows that God will finish the work that he's begun in them. Do you see that wonderful verse, verse 6? And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Do you ever start things and, and don't finish them? Uh, I often find myself, you know, you good intentions and you start a project, but then you lose time or energy, you, you don't get it finished. But God's not like that. You see, if you're someone who's trusted in the Lord Jesus, if he's begun a good work in you, he will bring it through to completion. Paul knows that for the Philippines. It's all about what Jesus has done. They've trusted Jesus and God will get them to the end. If you don't know if God has started a good work in you yet, well, do ask him. Do ask him to begin that good work in you because he will then bring it to completion. <clears throat> Having been those that, that, those that have had that work started in them, we don't then just sit back and do nothing. No, we partner together, not, not to earn God's favour, but because we have his favour. We partner together in the gospel. And do you see how Paul ends this letter? He ends that these Christians would grow in their love for one another, grow in their love for God. He encourages them by praying this wonderful prayer. Let's just have a look at it as we close, verses 9 to 11. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may be able to approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What a great prayer to pray for one another. Why, why do you think Paul tells them what he's praying? I wonder if it's so that they might pray that for each other. He's modelling it, isn't he, and saying this is, a, this is how we should pray for each other, that you may love more, that you may know what is right to do and do it. That'd be a great thing to pray for each other, wouldn't it? Uh, maybe you've got one of these during, I think it was during lockdown that we produced this prayer diary for our group of churches, and it's uh, day by day. Within the, within the month, everyone that wanted to be is included so that there's uh, about three people to pray for, three families to pray for each day. And over the course of the month, Everyone in our group of churches, it's a great way to stand together, isn't it? It is prayed for. It would be a great thing to pray that our love may abound more and more as we read through and pray for that. If, you, if you'd like a copy, if you've lost it uh, or you never got one, please do let me know. And uh, it does need updating anyway, so I can print some more off. It would be a great thing to pray for Gerald and Louise uh, each day as well, wouldn't it? Or, or they're, they're included within here, actually, on one of the days... Uh, they're included, so we could pray for them. Well, as we close, I wonder, do you see church as a, an individual game or a team game? Now, maybe you've visited a, a church, maybe when you were on holiday and you weren't sure whether to go in or not, it didn't look too uh, open, uh, but you know, you, it was the time for the service and, and you went in and you opened the door and everyone turned around and looked at you, but no one made any effort to welcome you or tell you where to sit or to give you a hymn book or to uh, encourage you to, 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 that you were welcome there. And after the service, no one spoke to you. How different it is when you turn up and there's someone smiling and, and, and welcoming you and giving you a, a hymn book, a service sheet, a, a, a Bible, whatever it is, so that you're, you know and they say, well, you could, you could sit over there, there's a spare seat there. 
And afterwards, maybe uh, they, they bring you a cup of tea or uh, talk to you afterwards. We were on holiday last week and we had a wonderful welcome from a, a Presbyterian church uh, where they not only made inquiries about us, they prayed for us uh, during the service. And after the service, we were talking to some people, so they brought us the tea and biscuits. Uh, and do you know, later on in the day, I had a, a message from someone in that church who said, I hope you don't mind, the minister gave me your number um, because I knew the minister there. And, and uh, the minister had obviously told them about the podcast we'd done on parenting and disability with Faith in Kids. And they just sent a message saying, we've, we've got a granny flat with a wet room. If you ever want to come and stay, why don't you come and have a look at it? We'd only met them that morning. They were like Lydia, opening their house to us and just saying, come and visit us, come and stay with us. Or I remember the church I grew up in, a man called John Billinghurst, who's gone to be with the Lord now, Whenever I came back, if I'd been away for a time and I came back to that church, he gave you the warmest smile and, and handshake and he'd say, it's so good to see you. And he really meant it. Welcome uh, to the church. We're partners together. Listen again to those words. If you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to collect wood and don't assign them tasks and work, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. Now we've got something better than the sea, something better than silage. Now we've got knowing God. What a great thing to partner in, to help people to know God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray as we close. Almighty God, thank you for the gospel. Thank you that we can be partners together in making Jesus known. Please would you help us to delight in doing that and to see how wonderful it is to be partners in the gospel. Please may our love abound more and more so that we know what is best to do. Please would we be able to discern what is right. And please would you grow us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to sing about the partnership we have. We have a gospel to proclaim, good news for all throughout the earth. Let's uh, stand and sing together this final hymn, number 491.
Let me uh, break into the service there just before the final prayer to update you with the announcements for this coming week. Uh, And this week on Wednesday night, we have our prayer meeting at uh, 8.30 in the rectory. On Thursday, we've got Stradone Tots and Toys in Burroughs Hall. And then also on Thursday, there's the Alzheimer's Tea Morning in Drung Community Centre from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And I think that's it by way of announcements. So let me uh, close but with the words of the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.